0: City of Browse, Tread and water that they drowned. A head on a swivel,
1: yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Ash accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. And we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We had a lot of people talk about, you know, how we did that recap where Snoog and I just went crazy for two episodes because we're so excited about the NFL season. Week two was just as exciting, if not more exciting. A lot of the guys that we predicted really popped off. A lot of other guys, you know, we're talking about buys, sells. We're just going to hit it all tonight. Snoog, we're back, you know, week two was just as crazy, if not more so than week one. And I, I'm just I'm hooked on the NFL, like always.
0: Yeah, same. I mean, I had a bit I had a down week this week. I think I split 50-50 in my leagues across 28 leagues that I'm in. It wasn't a good week. Like week one was very successful week one, but we're bouncing back in week three. One more week away and we get to watch the goat hanging up behind me, run for eighty yards, catch eight passes and throw up forty fantasy points and then everybody hops back on the wave. Me and you were talking about it before this, so everybody listening to this, go trade for Alvin Kamara in all of your fantasy leagues, Redraft, Dynasty, it doesn't matter what it is, and also, if you're not a Patreon member yet, you need to be, because we're giving away his mini helmet, signed, that's right, signed, there's nothing better than that that you could possibly have, and I'll probably track you down and steal it from you for whoever wins it, so...
1: Yeah, and the Patreon's popping. I mean, we just had two guys. If you guys are in the the all-access or the VIP, we just had Rob and Dustin in here in the in the room pre-show, talking it up, you know, talking about some of their dynasty trades. We're going to w- jump on with you guys ahead of those shows every week, you know, on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Whenever we record, we're going to open that up for you guys. So, But without further ado, let's just jump into some of these trades. Let's jump into some of the action, and let's get it going. You know, the first game, my Eagles – you know, we got the Eagles Vikings on Thursday hurts a lot of up and down, you know, Devonte Smith was, was what he's been all season AJ Brown down a little bit, but the biggest thing takeaway wise for me, I mean, the game that DeAndre Swift had, I mean, you look at what he was able to do. People are like, well, let's maybe, maybe he gets eased in Kenny Gainwell's out of the way. No, man, we look at. He has a monster game, 175 yards and a touchdown on 28 carries. And the question I get now is, right, we talked about in the Patreon, we talked about it on Twitter, that DeAndre Swift was a sell. You know, Kenny Gainwell came out, dominated the touches week one. Now DeAndre Swift comes out with a absolute baller game, right? He comes out, he's a top five running back for week two. Are we going to see more of this? Or is now a, a prime time to sell DeAndre Swift? Because this is where... You know, owners have been frustrated with DeAndre Swift. Is this this big game that gives you an opportunity to sell? Or should we just be buying that a running back in this offense could hit?
0: If I can't get a first plus for Swift, then I'm going to keep him. Because this is a running back that... For most of his career, a lot of people didn't think he was great between the tackles and didn't think that he was getting downhill and being like more of an aggressive runner. Although I disagree because back in his rookie days, he was running people over. He's just a mini monster. Like he's, he's a running back that's arguably one of the most talented in the NFL on like a per talent perspective. Like just a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield at an elite level He has insane abilities to make people miss between the trenches on the outside, and he's one of the best running backs in space. So we're finally seeing a team utilize that, and if he can stay healthy. I mean, he was an RB1, low-end RB1 in all three years for the Lions, top 15 in points per game. So, I mean, this is a running back that can do it all, and he's finally getting used as that in Philly. Like you said, 28 carries. I'm pretty sure that's the most he's ever had in his career, and he's- he didn't just go for like 100 yards, he went for 175 yards. And if they kept feeding him like they were, I mean 75% of snaps, say he got 90% of snaps, he would have had a 200-yard rushing day all day. I mean 6.25 yards per carry. He punched in a rushing touchdown. I know Jalen Hurts, I posted a meme about he just can't get catch a break from getting vultured like Jamal Williams. Now he has Jalen Hurts still on his 1-yard touchdowns, but I mean he caught three passes out of the backfield. That that's a good little threshold for him to hit to Path paid for him to be an RB1 this year, but it, I think he's a much better player in general than Kenneth Gainwell is. And I think Gainwell playing early on and kind of being that guy is just based on him knowing the offense and not being a new player. Like This is a guy that's been there since he was drafted. Swift just got there. Swift's going to be running behind the best offensive line in the NFL, If I can't get a first and a second for him. I'm keeping him all day.
1: I like that. Uh, for me, what I'm doing is, like, I, I always talk about these type of players, right? Those guys that you just don't know what to do. I mean, for me, in the Patreon, I've said he's 201, 202 range. You know, I think that's the the value. But I don't want to sell him for the 201 and he balls out. You know, and, like, my problem is what I want to do is I want to use him as an asset. We talk about it, a lot of these type players where you're just confused on where they at. They could absolutely pop off. They could do that. I'm trying to trade – DeAndre Swift for, you know, plus for Travis Etienne. I'm trying to add a plus to get to Jameer Gibbs. I'm adding a plus to get to Tony Pollard, even to get to Kenneth Walker. I might, you know, go lateral and get Rashad White and try to make it a two for two. I don't think any of us want to be that guy that trades DeAndre Swift for a mid 24 second or an early 24 second. And he becomes a top five running back because that is in the range of outcomes, right? Like you look at what he could do, and he can be a top five running back. You look at what he's done in the past and he cannot stay healthy. So I'm advocating going out there and, and kicking the tires on the Austin Eckler fan, uh, you know, team that's, that's frustrated, right? Because, because he's, you know, potentially missing this week or the Saquon Barkley team or, Like you said, the Alvin Kamara team, get Kamara plus for Swift. I think you can get Kamara in a second for Swift right now. I think if you add a second, you can go from Swift to Stevenson, you know, to Kenneth Walker. You add a 25 first, you might be able to get to Travis Etienne. And I think that's the way to do it. It's just to make sure you're insulating the, you know, making sure you have that best possible value. Snoog. The other takeaway from this this side of the ball, and we're we're not going to talk Eagles the whole time, but the wide receiver 44 right now is A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown is best friends with Jalen Hurts. They had a blow up on the sideline. How do you make a wide receiver happy when they're disgruntled like this? This is A.J. Brown week. A.J. Brown week three is going to absolutely feast over 100 yards in a touchdown. It's coming I'm buying A.J. Brown. I have so many people saying, oh, well, he's 26 and he's struggling. And Devonta Smith is that wide receiver one. I know you love Devonta Smith, but I think A.J. Brown is still the alpha here. You know, you have a 1A, 1B. And I'm seeing a lot of A.J. Brown trades that I'm just like, I'm baffled by. Because I'm like, this guy is still an absolute elite talent.
0: Yeah, there's no wide receiver duo in the NFL that complements each other better than Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. I mean, A.J. Brown's a guy that can do it all. He's a monster after the catch. He comes in around, like, 230, six foot two. Like, he can just absolutely do it all. And the interesting thing about him is he might think make you think that he's not open, but he'll still make a play on the ball. And that's what mm-hmm. separates himself from others is he doesn't need to be open to make a play. He will be open to make plays, but he also doesn't need to be open. And that's that's why I've always been super high on him. We saw so many touchdowns last year where he has a guy hanging on his back and he just – Little bread, little bread basket throw by Hertz right into the palms of AJ Brown for like a forty yard touchdown. So, this is a guy. I mean, hundred forty or fourteen hundred fifty five yards on like hundred forty targets on like ninety catches. Like this is a guy that can literally do it all, and he's mm-hmm. super efficient. I expect those numbers to ramp back up. Big AJ Brown week. I'm all in for it. He's still my wide receiver four in dynasty, just ahead of Garrett Wilson and just behind Ceedee Lamb. And I think there's a real world scenario where he can just turn it around and have a top five path from week three to week 18, because this is, he's in one of the best offenses in the NFL. He's Mm -hmm. probably going to be the number one target in this offense. I mean, him and Devontae Smith are going to split that target share one week. One's going to have a really strong week. And the other week it's just going to switch off like that. We're going to have to deal with that. But AJ Brown has like 45 point week upside. Like this is a guy that could literally have 200 receiving yards in a game and score like three touchdowns like those big games that we see from Tyree Kill even like T Higgins Jamar Chase Jeff, like AJ Brown's in that tier so I'm all in on him in this offense and this is the second year he gets to build that connection with Jalen Hurts and there, there's been some OC changes and stuff they're gonna have to figure it out they're gonna have to get the ball in the playmakers hands if they want to be a competitor and they want to win the Super Bowl this year so I put all the faith that they figure that out this year.
1: Some of the trades that I've helped people negotiate from the Patreon that just blew my mind. Michael Pittman in two 24 seconds for A.J. Brown. Absolute smash. Debo Samuel and a 25 first and a 25 second for A.J. Brown. Smash. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to do Kendra Miller, 24 first and a 24 second. Smash. Smash. Sam Howell, Jameson Williams and a 25 first for A.J. Brown in a 25 second. You know, like you guys are looking at him. I got – Puka Nakua and the 25 first. You know, we're going to talk about Puka a little bit later, but he's not AJ Brown. You know, like we we he's had that area for the first couple of weeks, but he is not AJ Brown. AJ Brown is a screaming buy. On the other side of the ball, there's a lot of buys. I mean, look at the Minnesota offense. Snook, I think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback the rest of the way. The defense looks bad, the run game looks bad, and he is he is putting. Justin Jefferson at an absolute elite pace to go over 2,000 yards. He hasn't scored a touchdown, but he's still a top five wide receiver. Jordan Addison, two touchdowns, an absolute, you know, stud in the making. We've talked about all all offseason saying that he is a T. Higgins light, you know, a Devonta Smith type. And I think, you know, you're, you're starting to see that this offense is fun, but it just got a little bit more interesting. Alexander Madison was absolute dog water. That's what my kids say. He was absolute trash. You know, now we get Cam Akers today, right? Cam Akers just got traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Cam Akers was the RB6 over the last six weeks of the season last year. Something happened with him and McVay. He gets a fresh start. What are we doing with Cam Akers now? I mean, we we all know what we're doing with Addison, what we're doing with Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins is that screaming vibe for a late 24 first. But now it's Cam Akers is in Minnesota. How should we look at this situation?
0: Yeah, I mean, Cam Akers is a much better talent than Alexander Madison. And I, th- I don't think I need to convince anybody on that. We know the talent Cam Akers is, and even after the Achilles injury, he still had a top five five game stretch last year. Just showing us that talent, that downhill runner he is. Good after the catch. He's, he's decent in the receiving game. He's going to bring a different level to the run game that Minnesota has lacked. Madison has struggled getting downhill, running aggressively. He's playing too much stare and watch and not hitting that hole hard like Akers mm-hmm. is gonna so I'm excited to see him just get downhill get more carries in this offense. I mean he got twenty two carries in this Rams offense the other week, but mm-hmm. you could just tell he's checked out of that team. He he needs a fresh start he needs to move on. We're gonna see that think, in a much better for,
1: it only takes a twenty four second at this point, I think. I think Cam Akers is I would do that worth that. You know, and if I, I'm all in for that situation. We the gotta think th- about
0: too is this is an offense where he's going to see a lot more red zone opportunities Mm -hmm. because Kirk Cousins, like you said, he's a QB one right now in fantasy football, and he has over 700 plus yards on pace to crush the record. J. Jeff's on pace to crush the record. This is a good offense that has struggled with the run game. So that's the issue. They've been throwing the ball so much. That's why they're having rough games. They're not capitalizing and finishing game strong because they're not giving them a rest and kind of beating between the tackles. And that's what Cam Akers is for. So I like the acquisition for the Vikings.
1: Yeah, and I know this is a lot of garbage time. We don't worry about that in fantasy. Jefferson's been great. Addison's been great. There is a real debate to move TJ Hawkinson to the tight end two to three. I have moved him into the the Andrews-Kelsey tier and dropped Kyle Pitts out. Now, some people yeah. in the, in the Patreon say that's crazy, but this guy, since he's called to Minnesota, has been the tight end too, and he's not that far off Kelsey in a game per game action. Now that you you know look at the early part of the season here, so TJ Hawkinson, man, I think you can get, you know, you give up Mark Andrews, I think you can still get Hawkinson in a second. I'm all for that. I'm actively shopping my Mark Andrews shares to those TJ Hawkinson owners because Love I think it. Hawk is going to absolutely – this offense just excites me. I mean, even even K.J. Osborne mix in there. Moving from that offense to a, a game that, you know, I thought was going to be an absolute shootout, it kind of went back and forth, the Ravens-Bengals. So, Joe Burrow, another another poor performance here. You know, he looks like – obviously, he's got that calf injury – are we worried at all about the offense? You know, I, I said this is the big bounce back for T. Higgins. He absolutely dominated in week two. You know, he was a top five play. But Joe Burrow's banged up. What does that mean for Jamar Chase? What does that mean for T. Higgins in this offense? Because I'm having a hard time. People in, in redraft are saying, hey, you know, like, what do I do with Jamar Chase? And I, I think you have to obviously hold, and I'm not trying to sell in, in Dynasty on the cheap, but we have to temper expectations a little bit until Joe Burrow is completely healthy.
0: Yeah, I mean, from a pure talent perspective, Chase is the top five wide receiver in the NFL all day. Even at 22, 23 years old, and he's the locked and loaded wide receiver two in Dynasty. Just having that flexibility and that ability to be attached to Joe Burrow for the long time in this Bengals offense. I mean, this is a playoff team all day. They've made it to the second or third round of the playoffs three straight Mm -hmm. years now. So, I mean... The Bengals are a very good team, and I do think they will turn it around. I think the injury is affecting Joe Burrow a little bit with the calf strain, but that's an injury that he can recover from. Yeah, maybe he'll miss a week or two, but what matters is getting to the fantasy playoffs. When you need your players to show up is weeks 15, 16, and 17. Joe Burrow is most likely going to be healthy during that time and going to be playing during that time because then it's playoffs for the NFL and they don't play around with that. Like they need that like end of season stretch to kind of capitalize, especially if they're they're fighting for a spot. I mean, they're 0-2 against the division right now. Like they need to win games now. There's no time for Joe Burrow to be milking this calf strain or whatever the injury is right now. I mean, T. Higgins showed what he can do last week. I mean, 28 points, two touchdowns, monstrous plays in that red zone opportunity. There's a real world where we're going to see a lot more T. Higgins and a lot more red zone touches for T. Higgins just because teams figured Chase out. I mean, Chase has a safety high over the top on him all the time. He's getting double teamed more than you can imagine. I'm pretty sure he was the most doubled wide receiver in the NFL last year. And now it's year three for him. He's getting better. Teams are figuring it out. Teams know Joe Burrow has that tunnel vision towards Chase and loves to just absolutely pepper him with targets. So now it's time for T. Higgins to step up. And they already said, T. Higgins, all right, we're probably not going to re sign you. You're going to want too much. You're too good. We're going to let you walk. Now it's time for T. Higgins to prove what he has and show us that elite asset and that elite skill set that he is because he needs to prove himself that he can get paid a massive contract from another team. So I expect. T Higgins and I think T Higgins is the buy in this offense.
1: Huge, huge buy. Him. I'm with you there. I mean I saw a, a Twitter poll today that was T Higgins and Bree Hall for Justin Jefferson and it was 70-30 on the on the Jefferson side. I think T Higgins is a lot closer to a top, you know, 5 to 8 dynasty wide receiver than people want to admit. Like a lot of people I have him right now as my dynasty wide receiver 9 and I mean there is a real world scenario where he goes to that right situation next year, and I, I, you know, I put that thread out there talking about this is his floor right now, right? This is where he's at. Potentially, he goes to, like we talked about, New England with with Mac Jones and becomes the number one. He goes to Kansas City, he goes to Buffalo. So many different options for T Higgins. He's just a, an insulated value that I'm all in on. That trying to make sure I'm I'm moving there. Other side of the ball, the Ravens. Lamar Jackson looked a little bit better, 24 for 33 for 237 and two nice you know, running day, 12 for 54, big games are on the horizon for Lamar Jackson. You know, like this was starting to come back out of it a little bit. You know, Gus Edwards got his 62 and a touchdown. This is where we talked about it in it. We keep talking about it. Insurance running backs are huge. Gus Edwards was one of those guys, Jerome Ford. We're going to talk about that. So many running backs, just getting value. I put a thread out. If you guys want to see it right now, we're talking about every single insurance running back across the board. Those are the guys you want right now. That's why Kyron Williams is on your team. That's why you have Jerome Ford already. Go out there and pick up some of these backup running backs, get yourself set and and you know, be ready for those those fantasy playoffs cuz these guys are all going to be viable at some point with injuries. We're seeing it right now. Like I did my my updated Patreon rankings and the wide receivers are deep to like 36, 42 Fifty, even I'm like, okay, this is fun, right? And then when I'm doing my running back rankings, after you get past, you know, Kenneth Walker at RB ten, I'm like, okay, Jacobs has struggled a little bit, and Javante doesn't quite look himself, and Najee's been banged, you know, he he doesn't look good, and I'm starting to move James Cook up, and it's the running backs are getting tight, right? Like if you can buy those premium running backs, there's not that much available on the open market.
0: Yeah, I mean it's getting ugly. I was just updating the dynasty rankings the other day, like staring at the screen for like 10 minutes like am I really about to put like Rashad White or like James Cook in the top 20 like that's what it's coming to like I really don't know what to do with these running backs anymore because it's like they're on rookie contracts James Cook's on a very good offense it's like I guess I just have to bite the bullet and go with it but I mean Swift's up there now for me that that's a guy that I'm completely fine bumping up to like I think he's like my RB 15, 16 right now. I mean, he's he's so talented. I'm just going to go all in on him. I love those volatile, talented running backs like Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, DeAndre Swift, because when they hit, they hit. Like Austin mm-hmm. Eckler, Alvin Kamara, CMC, those running backs that are just elite at multiple aspects in the game rather than just being an elite pure runner. Like That's what you got to focus on. I mean, Damian Pierce is a good option of a guy that's like only can run the ball, and he's been mm-hmm. so bad at it because the offensive well, line is like – Four down for the Texans. So move off of Pierce and go into those James Cooks, Rashad White's, DeAndre Swifts, and
1: yep, I'm for you, man. Those those were my two biggest buys. I've moved, you're gonna think I'm crazy. I've moved Rashad White to my RB13 and James Cook to my RB17. The PPR floor wow. to ceiling on I these love guys. It. I know I've moved James Cook above Pierce Mixon and Aaron Jones, and I move Rashad White slightly above Javante Williams and Najee Harris. I think Najee Harris is in such a situation right now. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm trying to move off Najee, and I think you can still get, you know, White, James Cook plus for Najee Harris for that name cachet, but that Pittsburgh offense, which we're going to talk about in a yeah. little bit, like I'm for buying these running backs. Ramondre Damn. Stevenson's still a buy because he we haven't seen his ceiling. Right now, we have to play with these PPR running backs. I mean, like... I've moved Kenneth Walker all the way up to my RB and he, his usage has been phenomenal, you know? So like tear up for some of these guys that we think are elite tear down. Like I I made a trade where I got uh, Rashad white for Jonathan Taylor. I got Rashad white in a mid 24 first, which could be top three for Jonathan Taylor. Like, I know that's not a a trade that we would have talked about six months ago, but you have to make adjustments. I put a tweet out there like this week too, right? The most important thing right now is you could have a team that has, you know, honestly, you could have Puka, you could have, you know, Kyron Williams, Brian Robinson, all these guys, you'd be two and oh. The biggest difference maker for me is making adjustments. Like that's what you and I do. Well, that's what we're trying to teach to everybody is like, we can all do this. Just make sure we're making adjustments. So I, I love yeah. that. Your, your take on Swift and I think white and cook, are right there, and I, I'm willing to to pay up on both of those. So,
0: Brian um, Robinson.
1: yeah, Brian Robinson is going to be an interesting one. I can't wait to talk about that team. Let's we're moving from guys that are buys to guys that you can no longer even touch. We're talking about the Falcons. Bijan Robinson is phenomenal. Like the the runs that we've been seeing him make, and they haven't even unleashed him yet. He is what we thought he was going to be. He's almost unobtainable at this point as far as value goes, you know, if you are a Brees Hall owner, would you give Brees Hall in a 24 first to get to Bijan Robinson? If you think it's going to be like 108 to 112, because so many people are worried right now about Brees Hall, right? That jets offense looks anemic. You know, we, we don't know what the situation is going to be. Bijan is the real deal. Are you willing to give up 108 to 112 on top of Brees Hall or Jameer Gibbs to get to Bijan Robinson? Because Man, I am just thoroughly excited with what I see with him.
0: I look at it like I think Bijan Robinson's like legitimately like the J. Jeff of the running back position. Almost especially if they, right? Especially if they keep using him like they're like almost using him like how like the 49ers are using CMC, if you've yeah. noticed that. And they're just using Algier to just be like the banger between the tackles. Like
1: they're keeping him fresh, right? I love it.
0: So talented that he's going to still score double-digit touchdowns, even if he's getting touchdowns vultured. Like, this is a guy that we literally can – he you can't tackle this guy in a phone book. Like, I think if me and you, Dad, were in a phone book with B.J. In Robinson, a phone booth? And was, I, know, yeah. I, know, I know you're a little bit younger.
1: We, The, the terminology is in a phone booth. Are.
0: We couldn't tackle him, Dad. Like, we wouldn't even be able to put no, our hands in a phone booth. So, that's how good he is. We saw that, like, over the head, like, zoomed in mm-hmm. sky video of him, like, just breaking like four Packers players and putting them on their faces. Like we're going to see this all year. You should have known this was going to happen. Everybody that's on that. Oh, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet wave. Well, now he did. And now you know exactly what we've been telling you. He's generational. He's going to be generational and he's the best running back in the NFL right now. So deal with that. He's put up 20 point games and back-to-back games for the Falcons already those 20-point games are going to continue to climb and just wait for those 30-point games or those 40-point games. Like, this kid's the J. Jeff of the running back class, so yes. If I can pin in that 112 or 110 and add to, like, a Bijan or Jameer Gibbs, I I think I would do it, depending on the roster. If it's my first, probably not, but if it's, like, another team's first, I'd be fine doing it. But, I mean, Brees Hall and Jameer Gibbs are both elite talents as well, and Mm -hmm. they could close that gap. All it takes is just – Whoever gets hot, whoever's getting more volume, whoever's getting more receiving work. So it, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. But I look at it like Bijan's J. Jeff. Brees Hall and Gibbs are like that chase CD Lamb. And then it's like the rest. Then you got Travis Etienne coming in, fighting for that four spot. But nah, I mean, yeah, I love Bijan Robinson.
1: If if you can go out and get him before the rest of the league realizes that, chances are you probably can't. But at this point, he's the RB6. You look at it, 14.3 points. Or right, hold on one second. We're looking at right now, I mean, he has put on an absolute clinic. Like I said, he's at that six RB, RB5 right now. You know, he put up. 20.3, 21.2 on limited work. Right now he's number two in the league in fantasy points per touch, only behind Christian McCaffrey. This is the guy that you want. You want to have B. John Robinson. The rest of it, you know, Drake London, the the, the panic window is, is over. You know, like, everyone was like, oh, he's not going to do anything. And I was buying him everywhere. Like, I was getting insane value on Drake London. Kyle Pitts is what I want to talk about now. Like, I think this is the week – they play against Minnesota. This is Minnesota has given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. They've given up the third most points to tight ends. If Kyle Pitts does not post 15 plus fantasy points this week, I'm starting to worry, right? Like I'm starting to get into an area where talent-wise, he's arguably the most talented tight end in the league, you know, with from a pure skill set. But we're looking at a long stretch here of just disappointment after disappointment after disappointment and at what point are we are we going to say he's a unicorn we're switching to like a a Vernon Davis type like you know he could produce can't produce see where he's at as opposed to looking at guys like Dalton Kincaid and Sam Laporta who are getting it done as rookies
0: yeah I actually tweeted out recently that I'm all in on Kincaid over Pitts at this point I mean Kyle Pitts is phenomenal talent but I want guys that are going to get target volume, and I want guys that are going to be on good offenses. That's like Tight end is such a like volatile position. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most volatile position in fantasy football, and you can't guarantee anything. The easiest way to approach this is QB play, clear path to targets, and talent. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts checks off the talent box 10 out of 10 times. I'll give him 50 checks for that box. QB play, horrific, probably one of the worst in the NFL, and target volume. There's B. John Robinson, one of the best receiving backs in the NFL right now versatile they love to run the ball and then he's where competing you, with great london
1: yeah where would you think he is at tight end you know ranking right now as far as points per game where do you think he ranks as far oh, yeah,
0: as the top 50
1: no yeah he's he's tight end 28 wow. tight end behind will disley tyler conklin gerald everett you know luke musgrave it's just like this is not what we wanted right like we need more huh will, will disley has more Disney fantasy playing? points per game Right? Like most people, are like I thought he retired. He's I actually got thought he did. The same amount of points as Dalton Schultz, Juwan Johnson, Josh Oliver is right in that same area. As, I mean, like, come on. Like, get Guys, it if done. I haven't
0: traded Kyle Pitts yet. Trade him in Dynasty.
1: Kyle Pitts for Kincaid in a second or Laporta in a second. I'm starting to debate it. You know, like, I, I want to buy Kyle Pitts. I love the talent. This is the week. Kyle, go out and do it. Like, you know, Dad says it's time. Go out and do it. Ritter, if you have Ritter shares, this time to sells <laughs> as well. He is not yeah. that guy. You know, like he comes off a week here where, you know, he threw the touchdown pass to Drake London and he ran one in. I am selling, you know, I, I am selling as much as I can for Ritter. Yeah. You, get Fair. yourself a Ritter in a second to get, get to a first. And I don't care what first it is because I feel like that's the eight, This guy is not going to start the entire season. And if he does, he's not going to be fantasy viable. Unlike my love, Jordan Love, right? I've been screaming it all off season. Jordan Love is going to ball out. He did it again, right? He threw another three touchdowns. Right now, he's the QB two after two weeks. Six touchdown passes for Jordan Love, and Christian Watson hasn't even stepped on the field yet. You know, Dontavian Wicks had had two touchdowns, or had two grabs for a touchdown. Jaden Reed scored twice. Romeo Dobbs, you know, now all of a sudden Luke Musgrave. The Packers have a pretty fun offense. Aaron Jones, when healthy, you mix this in there. And I mean, I I know everybody wants Detroit to win the conference, but Green Bay looks like they might have another star quarterback in the making. And the question I keep getting the most on the Patreon is, Snook, if someone came to you today and they said, Hey, Jordan Love and a first or Justin Fields and Zoltan put it on Twitter. It was almost 80, 20 for the Jordan Love side. You know, like, are we willing to make the insulated trade off of fields to get, to Jordan Love, before I start ranting and raving about Justin Fields.
0: It's tough because two weeks is not enough time to look at quarterback success. I mean, look at how Joe Burrow started off. Look at how Fields started off. Like, a lot of these good quarterbacks have started off really slow,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but Jordan Love does look great. And I, I want to dive through like his every throw from like week one and two. I haven't yet, but I want to try to find that tape and, and dive through and see like some of the mechanics he's, he's operating around, how that offense is being rammed. I know a lot of it. He's a gunslinger. Like he is not afraid to let his arm show off. And when Christian Watson's back, that's going to help tremendously, especially with both of their fantasy values. I mean, he's making smart reads. He's not turning the ball over. He's being consistent. He's playing good football. He's playing winning football. That's what you're looking for out of this type of talent. And Jordan love. So, I mean, I'm all in on him. I, I, he was one of those guys that I've just, I owned in like every single dynasty league. Like for the first two years, I started, and now I have like one share across 28 leagues of him because for some reason I just use him as like trade bait to try to get people back. oh, well, if Aaron Rodgers retires, here, take Jordan Love from me. After I know, like I was all those days of holding them, so I missed out.
1: I think I got him in a bunch of places where I was given like Mike White in a third and Gardner Minshew in a third when those guys got starts. I in the in the rookie drafts I bought five shares from that one ten to one twelve range where I didn't know who to pick. You know, like Zay Flowers went and I'm like, I don't know who to take here. You know, I'm not gonna I don't wanna stretch. I'm gonna take Jordan Love. And the whole league was laughing. You know, like these leagues were like, Hey, why why is dad in on this Jordan Love guy? Like I said, QB two after two weeks. Now let's talk about fields because I gotta do it. You know, like I just mentioned him, Justin Fields has been absolutely just uh, driving me nuts, taking way too many sacks. The The offense is not the way it should be, but I got to talk about this a little bit because everybody's like, Dad, Justin Fields was your guy. You know, you were talking about going from, from Jalen Hurts to Justin Fields in a first. In 2022, weeks one through four, Justin Fields averaged 10.4 fantasy points per game. That's the QB 35. Weeks 5 through 18, 24.1, he was the QB3, right? He looked to get that connection going with DJ Moore again. I think Justin Fields is now becoming a buy because he's so polarizing. I think this is a guy that zero designed runs week one. You know, he is not getting those same kind of looks. The offensive coordinator is not dealing, you know, they only did not throw a single pass over 20 yards week one. They're starting to open it up a little bit. I think we get a, a buy low window here on Justin Fields, and and so many people are panicking. Again, it's week two. If you sold him last year, you probably sold Justin Fields for Trey Lance. You probably sold Justin Fields for you know Matthew Stafford. You know you probably sold him way too early. I'm betting on the talent. I'm not saying long term. I'm not saying he's going to be where Je- you know where Hertz was, but I think Justin Fields has the talent that he's going to be a QB one the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the issue is the Bears are trying to transform him into a player that he's not, and that's a Absolutely. pocket passer. He's not a pocket yeah. passer. Let him be the QB he is. He came out today about that. He wants to be that mm-hmm. dual threat quarterback that can right. gouge you for 80 rushing yards and throw for 200 and score four total touchdowns. Like That's the type of player he is. That's how he was in college. Yeah. He can make you those throws he needs. He's been showing that his Throwing progressions have gotten better. He had two games with 200-plus passing yards last year. He already has two this year. I know that's not a lot, but that's improvement. He's improving as a passer. He's making the reads downfield. He's putting that ball in tight windows. That's what we want to see from him. But making him stand back there like a statue is not the game he has. He's yeah. just getting antsy back there. So we need to get him on the move. Emphasize the short area routes. We want those curls, them slants, the, the out routes, the checkdowns, the option routes. Things like that. That's how we're going to optimize his skill set. Get the ball out of his hand quick or let him run the ball and do his thing. That's all how how I feel about it. If this coaching staff can't turn that around, then I mean, I'm scared for Justin Fields. I really am. But Mm -hmm. if they can let him do his thing, then he's going to show what he can do. And he's going to be a top 10 lock for this year and next year as a quarterback in fantasy football.
1: Yeah, I think there's absolutely hope for Justin Fields, like I said. I mean, I, he turned it around last year. I think once we start getting some of those runs going, right now he's the QB 16, and I think people are looking at it like he's the QB 28, you know, like yeah. he's the QB 16, above where Lamar Jackson is, above for some other guys there, and I'm seeing some trades that are just making me absolutely sick. To I, I have
0: one to tell you that's, like, bad. Like,
1: I just saw Dak Prescott in a second for Justin Fields. What? Like, what? why? Like, you're, you're Dak Prescott hasn't been that great. You know what I mean? I saw Brock Purdy in a 24 first. Okay. You're staying in that same area. Brock Purdy's what? QB 18. So you're not really getting better and you're losing some of that upside. Jimmy Garoppolo at 24 first and a 24 second. That's absurd. You know, Chris Godwin in the 24 first. Like, who is making these trades? Honestly, because I'm going out there and buying Justin Fields for those all day long. Check your owners. Check the managers in your league and really go out there and just say, to this see, one. See, see where they're at."
0: Listen to this one. Someone traded in one of my leagues. I'm in. Traded Justin Fields and got Derek Carr in three seconds.
1: That's disgusting. Right, like, he, what is the no, play he there? What's the play?
0: He he also got Devin Achane, but like, okay. what?
1: Yeah, that like it throw was together like, a,
0: almost like a veto trade, but it was just yeah, like yeah. I'm not the commissioner in that league. I just like whatever, but. It's a competitive league, too. I don't know what the kid was thinking. Panic mode, just like super active kid, good good dynasty manager, too. His team's great, and he just did that. And I was just like, what is the thought process? Derek Carr stinks. Like, why do you want Derek Carr? What's he going to do besides the same thing Fields is doing without the rushing upside? So it's like, why do you want that?
1: Going from the field go, to – Go
0: send out a first and then yeah, Derek Carr quarterback and go get Justin Fields in all your leagues. <laughs>
1: You're at a spot where if you're tearing off someone now, I mean, like we're going to talk about Josh Allen. I think you can get it where there's like Fields and two firsts for Josh Allen. And I'm not saying to to advocate going that way, but if you can add a second to Jordan Love and get Justin Fields, like this is the time, you know. Like I'm, I've I'd been all in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think C.J. Stroud had a nice game. I think uh, Bryce Young looked a little bit better, but I'm still tearing up to Justin Fields from both of those guys. Talk about Josh Allen he balled out week two, you know, like uh, there was a little bit of worry there for some people. They were like, Hey, should I, should I, should I get worried about Josh Allen? Absolutely not. 31 to 37 for two seventy-four and three, you know, he's not running quite as much absolute beast. Diggs is doing his thing. What I really got to talk about is James Cook, you know, 123 yards on 17 carries. Did anybody see that happening? Like, did it, you know, we all talked about his PPR where he actually, you know, he caught four passes for 36 yards. But this is the type of usage, Snoog, where, like, I can see James Cook finishing as a back-end RB1 this year, even though Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are, are vulturing touchdowns. This type of usage, this many carries, this many receptions, James Cook is a PPR steal right now where I'm trying to get insulated trades moving off Josh Jacobs, moving off, you know, Eckler if I'm in a situation where I'm not trying to win you know like I think James Cook and Rashad White are two of my biggest buys that I'm trying to get those insulated trades for that people in the offseason didn't like and after two weeks a lot of people still haven't made the adjustment that James Cook looks great
0: yeah I mean I'm one of them I I I can take the blame right now that I, I was not in on him I was telling people to sell him just because I never thought that he'd be able to his game would translate. I mean, I know he was fast in the forty time, and I know he looks fast on the field, but he lacks that between the tackles and that that lateral ability, like like Jameer Gibbs had. Like in that first game for Gibbs, like we we saw like that ex- like that first explosive step, and then we saw like his wiggle side, like his ability to just make people miss. Um, side to side and he can just absolutely run people over all of a sudden that we saw and he has that contact balance i saw a lot of weaknesses in james cook's game almost like a walmart version of jameer gibbs but i mean he looks great right now eight receptions Fantastic. four catches in both of his la- like if you can get four catches a game for 17 games like you're gonna finish this in rb1 it's it's that mm-hmm. simple especially if you're getting 17 to 10 15 carries whatever it is 10 to 15 is that money zone for getting four catches five catches a game I mean you're, like you said that's back end RB1 numbers he could be the reminder Stevenson of this year and he's on an Great elite call. offense and I kicked myself in the in the butt about it so many times that I just ignored the fact that he was a second round pick in an elite offense and they they got rid of Devin Singletary I brought in the ghost of Damian Harris like I should have just known like all right we got what Rashad White is. Now we got the same Rashad White, but on the best, one of the best offenses in the NFL. Why are we fading him? Like, he's going to be like a knockoff version of Gibbs. That's what his career is going to be like. like. Yeah, he doesn't have that explosiveness or that speed, that 4 3 speed, or that power and that vision. He's not as talented as Gibbs, but he's going to give us like a similar version of that, especially mm-hmm. for this year. So I'm honestly going to try to go trade for him tonight in some leagues, especially rb now. Yeah, RB nine
1: right now. I mean, like I, I'm, I'm, like people have not caught up yet, and and that's yeah. the thing. Like I'm going at, I'm going all in. I'm trying to to make sure I make those type of moves. So mm-hmm. I think I, I'm, I'm buying in on James Cook. I like that, you know, Ramondre Stevenson talk, and we keep hitting on running backs. And you know, you know, every show, you know, that's what what Snook and I love to talk about. Josh Jacobs, on the flip side, has been really, 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 really bad. That's a lot of reallys. You know, right now he's in at the RB 29, nine fantasy points per game. And, and it's not like, you know, Garoppolo isn't moving the ball. But what are we doing with Josh Jacobs? Like Josh Jacobs playing on that last year of the deal here. You know, I, I would argue that you could, man, like I would take Cook in a second over Josh Jacobs right now. You know, like I I I, I would take that. And I know that sounds crazy, but I would absolutely take that
0: no yeah i mean josh jacobs has been frustrating me too but one thing we have to really look at is that denver and that buffalo defense is very very strong i mean these are two of the best defenses against the run especially in the nfl right now so i mean that's why he's struggling on the run game one key thing to look in at is the nine targets i mean he has Mm -hmm. seven catches nine targets in just two games jimmy g likes to lean on that dump off that's gonna be huge for josh jacobs guys People, not running backs, not all of them are going to be, like, rushing for six yards to carry and, like, 1,500 yards and scoring, and like, 20 touchdowns. The key aspect you need to focus on in all your leagues now, especially full PPR, is are they getting targets out of the backfield? Are they catching the ball? And are they getting carries? That's what you got to look at, those three things. And then offensive success is huge. Like, Jameer Gibbs is about to have, like, Amon Ross St. Brown, potentially out and he's going to literally be like the wide receiver one on the lines for the next few weeks he's probably going to catch he's going to probably have like a 10 catch game coming up like if he does that with like 8 to 10 12 carries and gets like 50 rushing yards maybe scores a touchdown like he's putting up 30 points so that's what you got to focus in on to james cooks or rashad whites the low-end value running backs that people still aren't coming around on that are being valued at that that like rb20s like Bump them up. Like, they're going to catch so many passes. Josh Jacobs, nine targets. Like, Travis Etienne, they're getting the targets out of the backfield, and that's so crucial in fantasy football, especially if, like, they have, like, Josh Jacobs, like, with Jimmy G, who's a check down guy. Derek Carr, Alvin Kamara in mm-hmm. debt. Yeah, we talked about that before the show. Alvin Kamara's going to come back and legitimate be a top five running back from week four to 18 just because of that aspect of the game he brings. He's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL, has that crazy burst and that playmaking ability after the catch. Just chase the, the quarterbacks that check the ball down a lot. Trevor Lawrence doesn't, and it drives me insane. Everything that's he does good. looks downfield first. He never looks for the check down. He'll force the ball downfield before he throws it to ETN. That can change, though. Like that, that's a coaching issue. That's a that's a player quarterback skill set. The veterans tend to check the ball down more. Chase those running backs on them veteran offenses. Like we saw Jared Goff feeding Jameer Gibbs. Like he's literally looking to Jameer Gibbs first. Like, He has that trust. He knows this kid gets the ball in his hands. He's gone. So same thing with James Cook. So that's what I'm trying to say is just focus on those dual threat running backs in this and age.
1: I love it. You get excited with the running backs. You know, let's move to the Titans chargers. Talk about elite level, you know, (laughs) Eckler when he's in there, that's the ultimate check down. I mean, he is that guy and the the offense struggle without him. You know, this was something where I said, guys just fire up your DFS lineups with Keenan Allen everywhere with Mike Williams. And I think Keenan Allen right now, after balling out, this is an opportunity where if you are a contender, you go out there and you offer a late 24 first, a pair of 24 seconds to get yourself some Keenan Allen. If you have him on a roster where you're not contending, you just got yourself a sale window. You know, like I know, um, we were talking about same with Mike Williams, you know, Mike Williams secured eight receptions for 83 yards. I sold Mike Williams for uh, Gabe Davis and a pair of thirds, and I think Gabe Davis looks like he's you know that that secondary receiver that the Bills have wanted. He looked great this particular week. Both these Charger wide receivers have looked fantastic. Joshua Kelly was not the same, you know, like when Austin Eckler's in the game, he's a nice compliment. The biggest takeaway is Tennessee run defense is nasty, right? They made Joshua Kelly look bad. They made Jamal Williams look bad. That's a, a defense that I'm. Trying in that particular situation, but Justin Herbert will finish this year as a top five scorer, like you and I have been saying, 27 to 41, 305 and 2. You know, like this guy is going to be in shootouts every single week because the defense isn't as good as a lot of people thought. He is going to be I've I've moved him into the Joe Burrow tier again. I don't think we should ever debate that again. Those two guys are permanently in that same area. Stud quarterbacks, you know, that I think you can still get you know, if you're if you're worried about Joe Burrow, throw a second and get Justin Herbert in there and, and work out it. Not necessarily straight up, but get a get a running back on your side. Throw that out there. Move yourself laterally. A lot of people are worried about fields. You know, OK, add a little bit and get yourself up to Justin Herbert. You know, like those are the things you don't want to move from a, a, a Justin Fields down to a Jimmy Garoppolo or a dirt car. Like you said, you want to try to tear up. And Justin Herbert is that guy that I'm trying to tear up for as much as possible. Let's, let's talk about Bucks bears. Cause I want to get this first slate done. Uh, Bucks bears, Baker Mayfield. We talked about it last week. Looks really good. He's got that moxie again and it gave you an opportunity for Mike Evans to just absolutely shine. You know, we talked about, we thought this was going to be Godwin's year. Baker goes 26 for 34, 314, and Mike Evans goes ham, right? Six for 171, a touchdown, like the glory days. And we kind of wrote Mike Evans off prematurely, right? Like most people have him ranked below DeAndre Hopkins. I don't. Most people have him a first off of Diggs, a first off of Mike – or a first off of Devontae Adams. I mean, is this an area where we can literally stay relevant, stay competitive, and get – give Devontae Adams and get Mike Evans in a 24 first. Is that crazy?
0: I I think you can do it. And I think it's a smart move to do because Mike Evans is producing at a high level right now. And Baker looks great. I mean, it's two weeks. I, it's tough to base it off that, but Devontae Adams also looks phenomenal. I know he's in concussion protocol right now, but that's not an issue. I mean, he's still one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but, just being able to transition off, especially if you don't need that top end talent. Like if you have a loaded wide receiver room and you're low on picks and you're really old team, this is a great transition move for you to make because Mike Evans is producing like a Devontae Adams right now. And he's the wide receiver one in Tampa Bay. I don't care what anybody says he operates as that alpha one. He's a deep threat. He can make plays while he's in contested areas. He's done that for nine years now. And we write him off every year and he puts up a thousand yards and scores eight touchdowns. So, Stop writing off Mike Evans. If you if you can go and head and someone's like, oh, Mike Evans is doing good, so now I can flip him. Like, go ahead and shoot out two seconds for him on all your contending rosters and see if you can get that done and flex him because he's going to be a guy that can give you big weeks to win you games. Like last year with Brady, he was like falling asleep on me and I benched him and he puts up forty five points in the fantasy playoffs. So he'll do that too. So make sure he's in your flex.
1: <laughs> There's a theme to this podcast. We're going to talk about Rashad White now. I mean, Rashad White. Ends up, you know, 17 for 73. We talked about, you know, being one of the least efficient runners when it comes to, you know, being in there. But the PPR is what matters. And he goes out and he catches multiple passes again. Rashad White has the ability to, again, just like James Cook, be a back-end RB1 in fantasy. Are you buying? You know, I know, you know, both of us are big fans and, and, you know, friends in this space with, with Alex Caruso. He's been all over. Rashad White, you know, if you guys don't follow him, make sure you guys do. But Rashad White looks legit right now. You look at 21.3 points this week. He's RB15. I think this is a scenario where a lot of people are down on him. A lot of analysts are saying, "Hey, sell sell the jump after this week." What are you doing with Rashad White?
0: I'm I'm buying him because I still think people don't take him seriously. I think they still think that he's just not that great and that his role is easily takeable, and then people love Sean Tucker still, or Sean White's yeah, the running down. back Yeah, he's the running back one in Tampa. It's it's that easy. He's getting the volume. They trust him. He's good in pass protection. He's a great receiving back. He's just going to get it done this year. His long-term vol- value might be a little different, because he was like a third-round pick. He's He's not the best running back in the world, but right now in a in a redraft perspective and in that competitive piece where you can flip like two seconds and get him like I'm doing that all day because he's catching the ball at an elite level out of the backfield he's scoring touchdowns he's looking decent between the tackles he's demonstrating some power through contact so he's checking off everything that we needed him to show us this year and he was my RB3 in the 2022 class right after Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker during the pre-draft process back in 2022 so now he's demonstrating why he is the RB three in this class. So I, I really like him, and I think that him and Baker are going to get that checkdown chemistry rolling because Baker is like the most checkdown quarterback in the NFL last year. So why not continue to do that, especially if he's playing smart football and trying not to turn the ball over?
1: I love it. You know, and this has been a fun one. We talk a lot about the running backs, you know, right now, what you can really do is make some headway. You want to stack up these running backs, get as much as possible. You know, we we preached all off season to buy Tony Pollard, to buy Ramondre Stevens, to buy Travis Etienne, to buy Brees Hall, B. John Robinson, obviously nailed all of those, right? Those guys have all increased in value right now. That next set for me, is I'm going out there and I'm buying Rashad White and I'm buying James Cook and I, I think there's there's definitely some money to be made there. We're buying Alvin Kamara. I think there's some real positive information out there with Tajay Spears is getting a lot more you know a lot a lot more attention than what we thought. He's that guy that in Tennessee is out snapping Derrick Henry. I think there's just a lot of value to be had on the running back position, and we're both super excited about the current state of those running backs. But it's also a very, very slippery slope when you look at the rest of the league. So, guys, this is part one of, uh, you know, our our week two recap. I know you guys have been loving that. Snook and I get super excited gushing about these guys. You know, follow along. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Boom. Yo, that was fun.